today in TFC Stock Geek Out, we're going to explore a company that most people would not have even bothered until recently, until the recent Fastly downtime that has caused some serious internet disruption and people sort of realise the internet is a lot more complicated and sophisticated than what most people want to believe. With websites and applications becoming way more complex, there is a whole new software stack used to optimise your experience. Research shows that about half a second delay in website uploading time will affect the user experience tremendously. In other words, people skip the website if it takes too long to load. This company we're going to explore today has a solution for this and has 80% of the market share. So joining me today to geek out on this tech player that sits between the hardware servers and software layer is our in-house stock and tech geek, Thomas Steele. We explored Cloudflare, the main competitor of Fastly, which made the news cycle recently, not for the best things, but they both sell this software known as Content Delivery Network, CDN, which is a software layer that sits between, you know, the hardware and software, kind of like network layer to without going too complicated. In other words, you can think of them as a sorting arm of the internet, deciding where to pull data to feed your device, okay, in the most efficient manner so that you have the best experience. Cloudflare is 80% of the market, but Thomas actually warns that this is not a real mode. We will discuss that more later. They've also expanded their product offering to cybersecurity, yet another fast-growing crowded space. Will this company survive the cloud battle between all these big boys? Let's find out more. For your reference sake, this episode was recorded on the 15th of June 2021 and released early to our community members. Our discussion for today is solely for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not serve as any form of advice or recommendation. Thank you for loving what we do and empowering us financially to do more for you. Let's geek out. Okay, Thomas, we back today with another interesting company, you know, in the SaaS space. Yeah. <laughs> you know, SaaS companies are, are popping out like crazy, right? And then they're all getting listed like crazy also. Huh? Um, whether you know it or not. Honestly, yeah, everywhere. And honestly, a lot of the listings are not even published that much, right? Because it is just so common. There are just so many SaaS companies out there and we're seeing mm -hmm. record listing, right? So, what is this company that you think is so interesting that we all should understand? Why are they unique? So this company is Cloudflare. Um, basically, you use it without you actually knowing it um, because the websites that you mm. serve, maybe some of the mobile apps that you actually use, um, they use their services right to serve you content. Yeah. So this is uh, okay, about okay. Cloudflare. And um, I think with the recent uh, outage in some of the websites, Say like your Reddit, <laughs> even your government website and all that kind of stuff, right? It suddenly cannot access. Yeah, that was actually Fastly. So Fastly is a competitor mm. of Cloudflare. Yeah, but they basically do the same mm. thing. Yeah. Mm, so mm, mm, mm. basically just think of um, your web content is hosted somewhere in the web, right? But uh, we say you're now in Singapore and the server is in or somewhere where this web content is, is, is in Singapore as well. But when you travel to say Thailand, right? you don't want the same web content to be served from Singapore, right? It'll be slower. You'd rather that web content be served to you in Thailand. Yeah, so that's basically what uh, Cloudflare and Fastly does. Um, they are content delivery network, right? So they just deliver content on their network. That's what they do. Nice. Okay, interesting. So I think for a lot of people that don't know, cognitively, right, you need to realize that it is not wireless. Data transmission is like full of wires. <laughs> 
right? So I honestly think a lot of people don't recognize that it is all full of wires and under seabed, you know, all those kind of super loop cables that are transmitting a lot of these, you know, um, data across big oceans and all that jazz, right? So mm. which is why the distance from the data center and your device makes a world of difference. In that sense, how does this business really work then? Because for a lot of retail investors like ourselves, these kind of businesses, it's a little bit like, like security, you know, like information systems, they're all very back-end, B2B. You know, we may not have a clear idea. But what does this actually do? Everybody is doing a small component. So although the overarc is they're doing content delivery to make it more efficient, can you just kind of walk us through how do they really do it? Are they operating infrastructure? Are they doing some sort of um, software layer on top of all this infrastructure? What are they actually doing? Right. So I think we can look at how they actually add value to the businesses they service. Basically, say, take, for example, Reddit, or you run your own website on WordPress, right? And you have your GIFs, right, of your cat, you have your video, you have uh, certain images here and there. Lah. So basically, all these uh, have to be stored somewhere, right? Um, you can opt to pay something to WordPress, right, for them to host your website for you. They will do all these kind of hosting of your images somewhere or so. And when your user or your audience actually clicks on the website, this will be loaded for them via WordPress, right? But how does actually mm. WordPress do it, right? They need some way or a mechanism for them to know that, okay, um, this person is actually now in Thailand. Instead of serving the same thing again, right? Can we actually um, load something on the fly that's faster, right? We call that caching. So caching is basically you save something already. You don't reload the entire thing. You use what's already there, right? Another approach is where, okay, if the person hasn't loaded it before, can we load something where it is actually nearer to the person, right? And that's the content delivery network. So these kinds of services actually help um, companies like WordPress, right, to value add their own services because they say, oh, my website loads faster than my competitor. By how much? Okay, I, maybe mm. I can shave off like 200 milliseconds. And, and this actually counts because for the yes. users, for Google searches, right, um, they did a study. If websites load longer than one and a half seconds, right, the person isn't that interested anymore. And that's kind of crazy, right? So now you have um, <laughs> the demands are so high where you just want the website to be instantly loaded. And, and Google's like experimenting different ways of doing it, like with AMP, right? Reddit, so like, you, all sorts of websites. Lah. Yeah, whether it's optimized for mobile, whether it's optimized for your PC or your Mac, uh, that is also another thing, right? So can you actually recognize the device and then from it deliver the right kind of uh, content to that device? So what do I mean by this, right? In your iPhone, let's say it's got the largest amount of pixels on your phone, right? But it doesn't mean that you must load the highest resolution image onto your phone every time, right? I mean, it's going to be displayed in a very gorgeous manner, lah, okay? Like it's nice to look at and all that. But think about the load time, <laughs> right? Exactly. When my devices are not very good and try to I try to play some very crazy animated games, right? Then I usually, you know, yeah. bring down the resolution because it's just hard to keep up with that. <laughs> so your internet connection, right, becomes that bottleneck. And if let's say you're playing very high quality video, very high quality images all the time, this is something that your internet connection cannot keep up with. Lah. Until perhaps say 5G comes along, right? But you still need to take into account like where is it being loaded. So like the Thailand versus Singapore example, right? The distance matters. Yeah. So that's how they add value. Okay, interesting. So essentially they are 
doing the delivery, that's one thing, and the cashier is the other thing that they're doing. So these are the two main features mm. that they're selling. So it's a software suite, right? Essentially what I'm hearing. They're not doing the hardware infrastructure level, they're doing the software level, you know, where they don't actually own and operate hardware systems, they just have a certain tier of software systems that will help to manage all these data in a smarter way. Lah. Essentially, that's what I'm hearing. Is that, is that, is that what hmm. it is? They, they have a little bit of hardware. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's their main mm. business. Uh, it's like in between the line of uh, software and hardware, which is the network layer, where mm. they focus mm. on quite a bit. Mm. So other than the CDNs, right, actually they have been selling um, another angle because they are trying to differentiate, which is the security services for enterprise. Yeah, so lately, Fastly mm. and Cloudflare has also been trying to go into that direction because CDN is really way too commoditized. There's lots and lots of players out there. Mm. Content Delivery Network, yeah? CDN, yeah? Okay. Mm, mm, mm. So when, when we talk about the security software systems, how should we envision security software systems then? You know, from a business standpoint, like, you know, like how, how does this business work as a security software? You can have two choices, right? You either run your own IT department and ask them to search all kinds of ways to fit your own security needs. Like you need a VPN, right? When you give your laptop, you need a way to go and um, track how people are going to which website and all that, all that kind of stuff, right? Or you could outsource it, right? And this outsourcing goes to companies like Cloudflare or Fastly. So they will mm. offer like, okay, sign up with me for say, I don't know, 13 USD per hit per person. And then uh, I'll give you the full suite of security services. You don't need to implement it yourself. I've got you covered, right? Your VPN, your everything, just use me. Yeah, but uh, here comes like the critical point of failure. Lah. So if something happens to Cloudflare or Fastly, then there goes your whole entire IT, right? But it's cheap, but it's cheap. Yeah. That goes your whole entire share price also. <laughs> a lot of uh, security companies... Once some shit happens, right, it's a straight dive down. Because, I mean, that's the core mm. idea, right? I think a lot of people, when they invest in uh, IT security companies, there was a period of time there was a lot of discussion because, yes, more and more digital and all that stuff. So mm. there's a need for security systems and there was a lot of hype. So there was a lot of premium priced into a lot of these security companies. But honestly, I think mm. a lot of people, when they invest in IT security companies or softwares that are doing all these kind of security functions, they don't actually know what are the security functions, like what, what it actually does. Like you don't know the secret sauce. You don't know what's going on. And mm -hmm. so in that sense you are kind of just investing from a retail standpoint or invest, even investing from a financial individual's standpoint, which a lot of uh, fund managers, they also do that, right? So they look at it from a very financial mm. level and invest in it, but they are not very technical in terms of deep dive. So then, you know, mm. when shit happens, right, then the market reprice it and <laughs> it, just, it just becomes a shit show. Lah. But can you, can you kind of mm. share with us a little bit more about um, security systems? Like what are some core ideas that we need to know when we are looking at or judging for whether or not these security systems are good enough. Right. I think there's a few components to do with security. Okay, I only know like the very, very basics of it. Basically, you have, as an enterprise or, or basically as a large company, you want to protect um, any intrusions into your systems, right? So you have these things called IDS, intrusion detection systems. Um, it could be on your firewall. It could be something behind it. And basically, this is trying to detect um, strange behavior, Right, uh, people logging in at weird timings or unrecognized uh, uh, login patterns, uh, stuff like that. There's different ways to do it. Um, some companies actually do it with AI. Some companies do it with just lots and lots of rules. Uh, some companies have their own secret sauce to do it, la, and they don't actually review this because it's a competitive advantage. 
But uh, that, that being said, basically mm. it's like your wall, right? You're trying to prevent intruders from coming in. And if they do come in, you spot like, okay, this person does not belong in my kingdom. Like block him off, mm. right? So mm. you, you also want those, that kind of system internally to quarantine and uh, make sure that the person or that uh, particular anomaly doesn't do any more damage. Yeah. And then there's more specialized ones. Uh, you can call them like honey pots or traps or, or something like that. Basically, it's giving a way to actually detect these intruders also, but it's giving them a false target. So basically, you save your critical systems. You create a copy of critical system mm. to try and just lure the intruders, right? To attack that one. But then like, ah, I got you now. I know your profile. I know how to, to prevent others from coming at you. And you can also conduct research of your own. Ah. So you can pay the security company to R&D. It came from whichever source, um, who's a malicious actor and that kind of stuff. Uh, that's an additional service that they also provide. Yeah, so that is the, like, I would say like the hardening aspect of it, right? So from the external and then we go in more internally. We also have these kind of more commonplace programs, say like your antivirus, right? You've got your Norton antivirus, mm. your Symantec that's running on that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is like your, your wherever your, your main workstation is running on, uh, it will try to protect that and nothing is funny that is going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so mm. I think these are very broadly the three things, but definitely the concept which uh, most security companies are trying to do is uh, defense in depth. Defense in depth meaning there's multiple layers of security uh, before they get into something that is valuable. Yeah, so you have say mm. uh, your firewall, your IDS, your quarantine, your honeypots here and there. So you make it very, very long, right, for the person to actually attack something. And if they were a very uh, sophisticated actor, it would take them at least more time. But once they really attack and they know your system's inside out, I mean, you still have to face the consequences, lah, right? That being said, if you did get attacked already, uh, there are other security companies who are specialized in uh, identifying these actors or trying to um, overcome these uh, security breaches and trying to improve mm. on them uh, afterwards. Yeah, but that's after the fact, lah. Yeah, <laughs> fair, fair. I get it. Like when when the shit happens, right? Then you hire all this professional to come into trying to find what is the problem here, what are loopholes and all that stuff, right? But mm. if we bring back to Cloudflare as a business, right? What is their business model then? I I know they do CDNs. I know mm. they're pivoting into the whole security systems. But how do they charge? What are they doing? And you know, what is their whole business model? Well, actually, a bulk of their plans are free. This is a crazy bit. What? Right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's free. Wait, wait. That's so, how they make money. Oh, wait. Okay. Maybe they're not making money. We haven't gone into financials. Like, yeah. Continue, continue. A, a very thin <laughs> sliver at the top, right? Actually likes their service and quality so much, then they are willing to pay. But a bulk of their existing users are actually free, right? So, if say you, you register for a WordPress account now, you make a website, you can actually register for a free club fair. I'm not... Sponsoring them or anything like yeah, they're not sponsoring me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not you can pushing, do that. We're not pushing any product, but yes, <laughs> you can do that. You link <laughs> it with some Cloudflare uh, URL, and basically your WordPress right is gonna tap on Cloudflare's uh, services to serve their content um, uh, with their CDN, and that's for free, totally free, mm. right? But then uh, you find that okay, maybe there's some limitations. My website could be faster. Um, it does like free security scans for me and stuff like that. Okay, then they'll uh, like send you some emailers. Hey, have you tried these kind of things out? Right, for twenty dollars a month, yeah, let us handle all your IT stuff, your secu- basic security and performance, and they really give you the metrics. Uh, so you see from um, like before and after, right? How much things can actually improve? Yeah, so they really upsell on that aspect. And then um, the other tier. Uh, beyond that will be the business or enterprise one. So it's say like instead of twenty a month, it'll be two hundred a month, 
or maybe even higher, mm. right? Um, it will give you more advanced security and performance. Um, you get priority support in case your website gets defaced or hacked. And then um, there's other stuff which you actually need behind the scenes to try and protect your website. So case an example, uh, if uh, someone just keeps trying to log into your WordPress, right? You want some way to go and detect and defend against that. I mean, like, WordPress don't, don't... always gets hacked. Uh, just saying, uh, but <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. WordPress are uh, very synonymous with getting hacked. Yes, mm. yes. Mm. <laughs> but uh, since you're already okay. using Cloudflare, then you just upgrade, mm. Mm. Fair, interesting. Okay, okay. So then, with this in mind, their business model and the space they're in, uh, what what are some major processes that they do? You know, as a company, because it does not sound mm. like they do a lot, but it sounds like on the back, right? Okay, it sounds like from a service standpoint, I don't need to do a lot when I work with them. It's just like uh, I pay them and then they'll do everything. But at the back, what do they actually do? Oh, lots and lots of R&D actually. Because it's, it's in a space between software and hardware, right? Um, like there's, there's a few layers inside IT. Um, they, are, they are sitting on a network layer. There's a lot of R&D that needs to be involved to tweak how much faster right, they can actually go in serving the content. Right? And this gives them an edge against the rest of the competitors, although um, they are catching up. It's really to the point of diminishing returns, right? But they still have to do this, um, not just for their CDN, but also for their security. Because if you don't R&D into your security, um, there's black hat actors who will R&D for you, right? And then <laughs> you, you don't really understand how the new methods of attack are working. You don't know how to defend against that. Um, there's no reason why people should actually buy your paid services, right? So it should be mm. state-of-the-art or at least um, close it's to that. It's an arms race. Mm. Yes, it's an arms race mm. in, in, the secure, in the IT security system, yes. Mm, mm, mm. Um, there's also ongoing maintenance of, of these CDNs, right? Like you might hear some technical terms like, like self-healing, self-replicating, like automated this, automated that, AI for this and that. Uh, yeah, so, so as much as possible, right? Maintaining these CDNs, you don't want humans to be doing it. You want it to be like self-healing, right? Uh, being able to self-recover in case of outage. But in the case of, say, Fastly, this is a configuration issue which is totally not in their test cases at all, right? But it can still happen. Yeah, so how mm. do you actually detect these kind of corner cases, right? And recover from that? That's really hard to do, right? But ultimately, these are the kinds of cases which will lose you revenue. So it's a kind of mm. very like, everyone uses you, but everyone only knows you when your system fails which is very bad, yes, right? You don't want to be in that kind yes. of position. <laughs> yes, and you lose customers, share price come down, media comes mm. in and double down on you, then you get into a very, very shitty position. So mm. yes, yes, I totally get what you're saying. Mm. And, and so the next best thing that they can actually do is the customer service, right? For their paid customers, they want to make sure that they stay with the company because it's very, very easy for them to just switch. The switching cost is very, very minimal. Right, you go from Cloudflare to Fastly, you just change one URL and some parts of the website load a bit slower because of some of these uh, competitors just load better in certain countries, for example, right? But the same, it's almost the same stack. It's not very um, defensible in that aspect. So it's very easy for people to just transfer over and they get almost similar results also. So what holds people mm. there? Customer service, or, right? Mm. Reliability. That, that, means they got, mm. that means these guys got no modes, yeah? <laughs> oh, we can talk no. about that later. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that as we as we go down this discussion because it sounds like they probably were pretty decent in their space, but it seems like the space is consistently getting commoditized and you gotta keep fighting and keep moving forward. You know? Not a great business mm. model, like, at least not the kind of stuff that I like. But when we're trying mm. to understand this business, 
what are some of the core metrics that we should look at then? Yep. I think first and foremost, look at the number of customers. Um, we can see how many are actually using their services versus how many they are paid. Let's say they've got 2 million uh, users, right? But mm. only 75,000 of them are actually paying. And that 75,000 mm. is actually making their revenues. Mm. Wow. Okay, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is like the super freemium model. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I've seen so many free freemium models, right? This looks like one of the most freemium ones. Right at the top. It's like, man... Yeah, bro, like more than 90% of your customers are not paying and then you have this like small little slither of 2-3% to 3% that is like paying for everything. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, okay. Mm. Another one we can look at is the internet properties, quote-unquote. Uh, basically, it's where they uh, support this loading of the content um, and how many of them are spread out across the world. So basically, they have 25 million of these internet properties um, you can think of them as like servers or places where the content is being loaded. Um, they have different arrangements with uh, companies, la, like miscellaneous companies, to actually make sure that this can happen. Um, they could be working with things like, uh, even, even competitors really, they can even share these because um, it's become so competitive, right? That it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> There's no such thing mm-hmm. as like, oh, I buy this internet real estate, right? Someone else can't have it. No, not possible. It doesn't happen in the internet world, right? So you can't really secure that slot uh, but yeah, that being said, they have 25 million. Churn, I think that's something that you want to look at also if you want to buy this company. That 75,000 is going to matter a lot, right? And, and if, if people are it. just like subscribing and unsubscribing, even the free <laughs> ones, um, they don't mm. make it to the top unless they last through a whole cycle, right? They've used the product and services, mm. they like it, they upgrade, and then they continue until they reach to the, to, to the top, right? But if halfway they drop out or they go to another competitor, then that's it. You've lost a, a customer already. And with the churn number, you can also see what this company is actually doing to make them sticky. Right? You want to make them stay. Other than your customer service, maybe offer more value-adding products. Right? It's not just a CDN anymore. You've got security built in. It's not security anymore. They're going to sell you a cupcake. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Mm, mm. <laughs> Just, 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 they have to find some way to differentiate. Uh, Fastly is really, really very, very similar to them. Yeah. yeah. So you can even yeah, use this I, same I, I, like, analysis and then just slap on to Fastly, right? It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Same metrics, same idea. I mean, that's what we're trying to do, right? Give people yep. some framework so that they can take the same thing and try to look at their competitors and all that jazz. Yeah, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not unique to Cloudflare or Fastly. It's not even unique to this space itself. I think generally in a lot of SaaS models, there's a need to continuously develop new products and peripheral products that your core audience will want so that they can continue to mm. stay and create a stickiness, right? And to kind of mm. work on the churn rate. It's essentially, it's, it's very similar. But I, I'm just pretty shocked that only 75,000 you know, customers are, are actually paying. You know, the rest mm. are, are free and... It's interesting how you want to like develop product for such a small slither when actually a lot of these guys are just doing kind of free, you know, they're hanging around in this space. So yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We've also got a uh, dollar net retention. So dollar net retention is a metric that was actually uh, proposed by uh, Cloudflare. Uh, basically, this is the number of customers that are staying and paying on a dollar value basis. So you say it was 110% over the last eight quarters. What it means is that uh, it's the amount of revenue from the customers in the first year compared to how much the same uh, customers bring in year two. So in SaaS companies, right, they have this term called cohorts. The cohort of customers that's belonging in a certain kind of segment. And they segment them by, say, dollar value. 
So if let's say they have an enterprise customer, it brings them like 50,000 a month, for example, right? They belong in cohort one. Whereas enterprise customers who uh, pay, say like 500,000, they belong in another cohort. Yeah, think of it as like, like different tiers. Uh. Yeah. So this dollar net retention, mm-hmm. uh, you look at it by different cohorts, you start to see like, okay, hmm, maybe they have been acquiring more enterprise customers. That's great, right? But if they are doing more dollar net retention on the paying, but not very high paying one, and it's not going up to the, 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 the highest tier one, then we've got an issue. Yeah, but so far, yes. it, it seems that it's trending in the right direction. Uh, but yeah, there's, mm. there's other things that we can look at also. Mm. Classic problem with uh, a lot of SaaS companies that focus on smaller players at first. Right? So they want to find mm. a corner of the market that's very underserved so then they can dominate and all that jazz, right? So it's very mm. uh, lean startup, SaaS model kind of way of doing things. But as they mm. grow, then they realize that the, the customers need to grow along or they need to be able to acquire the bigger customers. If not, their business right. model is very unstable. So good that we are pointing this out to know that for a lot of SaaS companies, if they want to keep growing and become an actual stable business eventually, you know, like a big tech platform, like a like actually a big software giant, they have to really work on servicing the higher value clients, which are the big enterprises, or kind mm. of help their community to keep growing into that space, find a way to be with the big boys, like essentially. And yeah, there are some technicals. I mean, it's just a basic thing. Like use internet, you, you kind of like wrap your head around it. It's basically speed, right? How fast can something get loaded onto my device and display so I can start consuming it? Whether it's a video, whether it's a website, it's an app, right? And there's also the latency component. Okay, latency is a bit different from speed. So latency is the time that it takes, right? For, let's say, one of their internet properties, right? To actually recognize that you requested something from them. And that matters a lot for the distance, right? Speed is an entire thing, but latency is just a component where, okay, you touch and go. Like, okay, send me something now. Quick, quick, right? So before the message is being sent back totally to you, that time that it takes, right, is the latency. Yeah, maybe if, if, if you're gamers, you might understand this. Like, you press the fire button or you press your mouse click and all that, right? There's lag, right? It's nothing to do with speed. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you're too far away from the mm-hmm. server. Yeah, that's mm. latency, right? And another big one is reliability. Um, so with the recent Fastly outage, uh, I think Cloudflare went down a bit after that. Also. So it's, it's quite uh, strange. <laughs> but uh, I think I think that's the perfect time where they went down, right? Because uh, yeah, when they compare reliability numbers, it goes into like 99.99999% right? And that's mm-hmm. how much uh, of a quality level which they have to actually uh, deliver. Uh, for enterprise companies, they have a certain metric which you call service level agreements, uh, service level quality. And they demand that the uptime should be a certain amount. If not, they're not going to pay. Yes. Right? If not, there's yeah. a fine. There's mm. a fine on top of, uh, of that, right? So I totally get the whole uptime thing, um, which is why a lot of the, the updates are like concurrent and very weird hours. You know, they were <laughs> mm. midnight, they were update here and all, all that jazz. But all those are technical stuff. You know, maybe mm. as a retail investors, you, you may not need to know, but it's good to know that, you know, how are these contracts being crafted especially at the enterprise software level um, a lot of these reliability whether is it from a server standpoint or whether is it like Cloudflare doing something on top of the servers uh, there's a lot of these kind of reliability metrics that you know it's Mm. required within the contract and if they fail to meet those standards actually the penalty is quite serious and if they have a lot of big enterprise clients and if you see a big downtime right yeah, you're going to see a lot of, you know, money flowing out of the company in the next quarter. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So, so I think that's a, an overall arc of um, 
the, the metrics in itself, like how do we evaluate companies in this um, space? But specifically for Cloudflare, what are their financials? Like what are we looking at? You see, you got numbers from Q1 this year, 2021, versus the last year, 2020. Uh, let's look at revenue first. So there was a 51% increase year on year, which is kind of crazy, mm. right? So uh, 131 million total. Mm, but the yearly is uh, 431 million for the whole of 2020. So within one quarter already, uh, I mean, if you clock it like that, they would be on par to either match 2020 or exceed that, right, in terms of revenue. Mm. But you want to look at the cost also. It's also a big increase, right? Um, it's 121 million for this quarter versus 95 million, right? And yearly is actually 436 mm. million. So net net for last year, they didn't make money. Right, they made as much as they actually uh, spent, right? And um, what were they actually spending on? Uh, we can look at the operating margins. It's a negative twenty-seven percent. It's like, hmm, okay, so <laughs> uh, they're not actually making money right now. It's it's more of like a cash burn mm. to just acquire more paid users. Mm. Uh, yeah, and and ultimately that actually will make the difference in the long term. The ability to attract paid users. Yeah. Um, cash flow wise, uh, because they're not making money, um, we can ask like how much are they actually burning, right? So they've been burning negative two million versus three hundred six million. So actually, they they stopped the cash burn quite a bit, lah. Yeah, and and the total mm, kind of mm. total cash which they have on hand is one billion. So they, I mean, they've got money in the bank and all that kind of stuff to sustain this burn. Uh, it's great they actually they reduce this uh cash burn by quite a bit. But ultimately, still losing money. So you have to be aware when if you want to like invest in this company, um, are they actually growing or not? Debt-wise, it's uh, 560 million versus 100 million. It's quite a wow. bit. Yeah, it's quite yeah, a bit. They 5x their debt. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. So their cash position is bolstered by their debt position. Huh? Okay, right. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Right. And, and um, basically, I mean, if rates are cheap, they will continue to borrow, it seems like, to yeah. funnel in more growth. But they are already quite a big player in the CDN space, right? Like, which is where they are mm. originally at, right? Yep. So their market share, what, what is their market share like, you know, in the business okay. that they started mm. with? Mm. I think uh, one of the more transparent metrics we can use is like how many websites are actually using them. And the number is at mm. about 81%. That's a lot. But, but uh, this market share can always change because it's very easy for people to just swap out to something else. Right, this isn't a, a market mm. share where like okay, say like uh okay, say like chocolate. Eighty one percent of Indonesia eats the uh, a certain Indonesian chocolate brand, right? Uh, mm, that's different. Huh? That's different. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Although it's chocolate, and then you can choose to eat something else, right? You kind of know the consumption pattern, and you track it over time. But in these, mm. right? Uh, these are always changing all the time, and it's not actually something okay. uh that you can actually look at where okay, the customer is actually sticky these websites are continuously using our services and they are upgrading into our paid services. It's very hard to look into that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. That, that's good to know. Although they are giant in their space, uh, their services are not very sticky. Essentially, if their competitors decide to double down and put more money into growth and acquiring customers, right, then mm. these people can move around. And in the enterprise uh, software space, I think a lot of people don't recognize that there are a lot of middlemen in between. So it's not just as simple as, you know, just SaaS and people just manage their own websites. Actually, not really. There are a lot of companies in between, providers in between. They are managing people's websites, setting up people's websites and doing all that jazz in an outsourced fashion. So if, if these guys mm. shift around, 
um, because of incentive and all that, it's very, very common in the enterprise um, space. You know, for, for all of you that are not in IT as a, as a career, yes. Like you can blink and then maybe the next year, that 81%, right, shrinks down to 60 and then you find like 30% is being used by Fastly. Or, or Fastly <laughs> can be saying the same thing, right? Fastly can say like, mm. oh, we, 81% of the websites also use Fastly services. Why? Mm. Because mm. maybe one website is .com, another website is by what? .asia or something like that, right? So how do you actually mm. track this? Mm. Okay. <laughs> are you going okay, by domain fair, fair, or are you going fair. by so, company? Yeah. Mm, interesting, interesting. So essentially, I think where we are at is that they're in a space where they are dominant. Yes, they are very big in this space, but it's a very mobile space. It's very liquid and mm. customers are not exactly very sticky. And we are seeing a situation where a lot of their competitors can provide similar or even, you know, more innovative solutions as they go along. So it's a little bit like an arms race. People got to keep innovating and et cetera, et cetera, which is why Cloudflare has, you know, moved away from just CDN and doubled down on security, which is also where I believe the, the increase in cost really happens because when mm. you want to go into security as a different um, business, then there's a whole infrastructure set up over there, right, which is uh, pretty complicated in itself. But like every other SaaS company, the, the front is always very heavy. So once you put in the investment, your capex is in, then your marginal upside is, is big, right? Because there's no, there's no real um, increase in net costs, you know, just going. Mm. There's, no, there's no real increase in marginal costs, right? The, the upfront cost is a very, very big cost, right? So mm. that's mm. an interesting um, space to see if Cloudflare can continue to grow in the security space. Okay, so I think let's move into the management, right? The management of the company. Um, it will definitely give us a lot of insights on where they are, what do they plan to do, and do they have the capabilities to double down in a whole different sector, right? So can you kind of walk us through who is managing this company? Sure, okay. So the CEO is also the co-founder. Uh, his name is Matthew Prince. So he previously founded Unspam Technologies, um, but doesn't have a tech background. <laughs> so he, he, Unspam he, Technologies. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so interesting story interesting story is that uh, mm. this this whole Cloudflare um, project right it, it was actually open source before it was meant to monitor internet fraud and abuse um, and then they did a startup mm. about it uh, basically they displayed what they had at TechCrunch Disrupt back in the days lah, yeah. mm. and they got a lot of interest they got a lot of funding and then it transformed into Cloudflare after that yeah so this, this management team, right, um, a majority of them actually started out working on this open source project from very, very different backgrounds. And then it grew into to what it is today. Yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, the CTO is uh, not there anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what happened to him, but you can Google some stories. Uh, something happened to him. Yeah, but no one actually knows mm -hmm. what happened. We also have the COO, uh, Michelle Zedlin, also the co-founder. But she was previously the head of user experience, right? And she was also the CEO back in 2016. Now she's back as CEO again. Um, her background is in chemistry and in business. So again, non-technical. Yeah. Interesting, mm. huh? All these guys not technical and then their technical guy left the company, man. <laughs> interesting, it's, it, interesting. It, it sounds okay. bad, but actually, actually it's not as bad as it seems. Um, they were all just working on the open source project. They, they all like learn coding on the site and stuff like that. Yeah, so, so that's the, mm. the, their background. Mm. Yeah, so their CFO, I think, is, is a, a bit more relevant. Uh, his name is Thomas Seifert. Uh, previously, the EVP and the CFO of Cementech, right? So we've got some relevant okay. background there. Finally, uh, someone Corp. in big, big tech names. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
not always need la, yeah. But okay, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. calm to know that yeah, the person in charge of the finances uh, has some background la. Yeah. So 29 to 2012, he was the SVP and CFO at AMD. So uh, AMD is the, the um, competitor to NVIDIA. He's an interim CEO of AMD from Jan 2011 uh, to August 2011. So when they had to find a CEO in between. La. So okay, um, not bad. There's also Douglas Kramer, uh, who served as a general counsel, uh, was a staff secretary and deputy assistant to President Obama, uh, studied law. Yeah. So this is their management team, right? Um, so lean, ah, the management team. <laughs> no real technical guy in the team. You know, you got a lawyer. You got, <laughs> you got Thomas, yes, which used to work in some hardware companies. Yes, which I, I get it. You know, but but are you not concerned? Really, you're not concerned. <laughs> I I would be concerned, uh, Um, but you look at it from a co-founder or founding perspective. They were able to bring the company to where it is today. They still bring in people um in relevant positions, just not in management. So you see some EVPs or vice presidents and things like mm. that, right? Uh, in charge of the different engineering divisions, but you don't actually have a CTO that is actually um looking at mm. this. Uh, into one place which kind of um, makes me want to ask how's your tech stack like is it very messy or something is, is that why <laughs> yeah so there isn't yeah, one person is that to why actually the look at the architecture no 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 he, he, I, I don't think he, he, mm. he got fired uh, from the stories it's actually he left um, or he stepped down rather mm. so um, mm-hmm. yeah for, for unknown step reasons step down is always a nice way to say it bro Step down is always the nice way. The PR agency will tell you, must say you step down, personal reasons, other ventures yeah. in life. But <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, ah, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like for a tech company, and like you said, right, they are operating in a very niche tech space. Um, the reality is this space is very niche. Huh? Like uh, hardware is one thing, right? So the guys that are doing all the chips and all, like, those are like, a different side of the business and then you have all these guys developing pure software SaaS plays up there you know which a lot of guys a lot of us we use SaaS and, and all that jazz so so that's mm. that but they, I think they are in the space where you know it is you got to manage the hardware infrastructure with servers and then with, with your software infrastructure with all the networks in between so it's actually quite a complicated actually it's very hard to hire people in this space just saying Okay, so because I was working in a company that was kind of in this space before and we had a tough time hiring talent, you know, to to be in this space. So they are in a very, very niche sector. You're really Mm. not concerned that, you know, they don't have a I am, I am, I am. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. Good, good, good to know, good to know, good to know. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that company, no CTO. Cannot lah, cannot lah. Yeah, cannot yeah. Are you? I, 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 yeah. I think it's, I think it's problematic. But okay, like, like you said, it's founder led. That's interesting. Um, founder led companies always have a way around certain things because I do believe that at some point the founder is beyond financial gains already, right? Because mm. um, as they grow the company to come to this stage, they're already very, very wealthy. There's no real need for for more pursuit of financial gains. So for mm. a company. After IPO, from nothing to something, they want to continue to grow. The founder drive and the founder vision is very, very powerful. So that, mm. I got to give it to them. Um, they managed to scale a business from an open source you know, project. right? But CTO is still a question mark. So 
that is up for you guys to kind of decide for yourself what is a management team that you think will work for a company like that, that you're comfortable to invest in, okay? Because I do think that they are still relatively in a very young phase as a business. Yes, they do have dominant market share in a particular product that they're doing, but as a business or overall, they're still very young. They don't have a stable cash flow. They don't have a big, you know, paying customer pool that is consistent and all that jazz, which they're trying to do, okay? So up for you guys to decide. Shall we talk a little bit about their modes? Uh, we make them sound like they got no modes, you know, like this company chalat like that, right? There, there, there are a <laughs> so few, do- there are a few. It's, it's just very, okay, um, okay. not very defensible. Uh, like yeah, you, you, you try to dig the river deeper, but then the water keep coming back, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, okay, okay, okay. Let, let's talk about the positives, uh, right? They, they have an infrastructure hit start. Mm. Right, I think they were one of the earliest to actually do this, apart from, say, Akamai. Fastly is a, a very recent one. Um, but they've been doing this for, for quite some time already. So their network is uh, one of the largest, right? But it doesn't give them that kind of network effect, right? Not, not what you see like in Facebook and stuff like that. This network just solely means the, the internet properties, right? So wherever you need them, they, they, they can probably serve it. Um, that market share of like 81% of the websites using them. Sure, uh, I think... They have certain kinds of branding, uh, which is synonymous to, oh, I need a CDN, oh, Cloudflare, right? It's not like, oh, I need a CDN, oh, Fastly and Akamai, and also Cloudflare, right? Mm-hmm. It hasn't gotten to that stage mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, so um, for, for, say, white web developers, they will still tend to lean towards uh, Cloudflare. But, but um, that is slowly changing, right? So as time progresses, you want to know whether it's as stable as it can get. It's the best value for money as you can get, right? So, say like, once a year, like, you look at your website, oh, okay, then I actually improve this. And then you start to go down the list, oh, all the different ways to improve my website. And then you go like, okay, CDN. It's like the number one thing. So, <laughs> that, that's where the, I think the mode stop. Um, and, and a lot of the comparison actually comes into play already, where uh, basically they have to fight a lot yeah, with the competitors to just try and get some advantage. Huh? That's it, huh? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it for that's it for modes. Huh? Okay, okay, okay. Well, this is the shortest modes discussion in the company. But uh but yeah, I, I, I get I get what you're saying and I think uh let me kinda wrap it up a little bit in terms of like helping our audience get the bigger picture. Okay. So you run a website or your company runs a website, whatever it is, you want to optimize your data transmission process so that you give the best experience for your customer, you use a software like CDN. Okay, so it can be from Cloudflare, it can be fastly, whatever. Then as Cloudflare dominate this space, they realize that, okay, there's not enough growth anymore, right? Because they're already the dominant player. And like every size company, they have to pivot. So they go into securities. But the reality is they are in a space where it is not very sticky. There are no real modes, you know, and a lot of the infrastructure that they have really can be quite shared. And honestly, it's not very expensive Mm. to set up this kind of infrastructure, um, there are many ways, okay, from things like Megaport to things, you know, I, but it will get very technical as we go along to discuss all these things. But the general idea is it is not every day someone can set up, but if a company feels like they want to play this game, they can come in and set it up, okay? And it's, it's uh, yeah. not that challenging in terms of uh, setting up an infrastructure standpoint. Yeah, and and, yeah. and it's not just the Akamai's and the Fastly's that we, we, we have talked about, right? I mean, you also have to include Amazon, AWS, right? Exactly, about Microsoft exactly. Azure. Yes. They're also going into this space, yeah. Um, mm, it's just recently only because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, anything you can offer to your customers in terms of software, right? You also want to add value-adding services. Like, think of Azure. Like, other than, than storing your um, 
your, your website and your apps into their cloud and your data as well. Oh, why not just throw in a CDN for free? Mm. Yeah, so so mm-hmm. um, Cloudflare, you, you might think like, oh, wow, they can go to a free level. It might be because of the standards which the uh, customers have already set. I can already get the same service for free, right? How can you get better than free? Uh, that's a crazy question to answer. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Fair. And mm. for a lot of these big guys, like you pointed out, whether is it Google, GCP or Azure, Microsoft, AWS, they really don't need to make this money. They just want to keep their customers within their pool. right? Mm. And they are making all the money elsewhere. And it's not nice to know that you have these kind of big competitors that are looking at your business space and feel like, okay, lo, we come in, lo, we just provide a service. Lo, then, you know, that, that's it. They're not even trying to monetize your space. They're just trying to take your customers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, not very nice. La. But, but okay, all these are risk factors and all that, right? So not the most pleasant situation for Cloudflare, but do you think that there are some growth opportunities going forward? What do you hope to see them double down on uh, as a business? I think definitely there's demand for their services, right? As a CDN, um, you want to load websites, applications, that doesn't change, that will really increase. The app economy is really here and it's here to stay. Uh, app economy by, by means of say like um, your iOS ecosystem or let's say you use Salesforce and you've got all the little custom apps inside Salesforce as well um, that's always there um, in the short term also we are all working from home right or most countries are right so there's more demand for these services to load websites faster so definitely um, companies are looking into it to try to reduce the amount of time needed to go and load all these kind of assets to make people work faster, for example, right? If it takes too long to, for you to go and um, reach your company assets or your documents and all that, that's a problem. Yeah, so companies like Cloudflare can actually help to solve that problem. Um, other technological trends will be things like serverless, uh, cloud and edge computing, um, 5G, IoT, the need for security. All these grows as the overall demand for um, IT services grows. Like they all interact with each other. They might come in at different points in time, but they all push one another forward, right? So definitely there's going to be demand for their services. But who gets the share of the pie? That's the question mark. Yeah. Okay, okay, interesting. So then if we're talking about like growth space, right? They are not dominant in the cybersecurity space, right? Do you yeah. foresee that they can grow this space or is it just like a secondary offering to their original customers already? I think it's more of the secondary uh, offering. It's just a value-add thing. Um, they're already actually strong players uh, in the enterprise security space. It's just that um, I would describe the customers as if I'm really using their CDN services, right, and they're offering additional things um, with slightly higher price, I'll just pay it. They're mm. working towards that angle. Yeah. It might not be the most sophisticated yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Fair, I get it. I mean, in the security space, Palo Alto Networks, Juniper, yep. a lot of the big guys, Cisco, they're dominant players in the space. And I know recently there's like the whole crowd strike and, and, and all mm. that. Um, we can continue discussion on security systems uh, maybe in, in the future episodes. But overall, I think at this moment in time, when we're evaluating Cloudflare, you cannot run away from Fastly. Right? They are like compared side by side. So mm-hmm. just to sum it up today, um, I think generally we're not very positive of Cloudflare. Like, I think that's the idea, okay? But it's up to you to make your own decision. You know, maybe you have some insights that we don't and you have some insights that we don't, please share with us because maybe you're in the space and uh, you have some superior information. Okay, but to sum it up, 
how do we compare Cloudflare and Fastly? We, we do aside all the other cloud providers and all that, just focus on these two guys because they're probably the most similar. How are they different? Um, mm. Not that much. So Fastly, they focus more on the application layers and the API security. Uh, API security is when uh, you want to protect a certain endpoint, right? So when you download or you upload something, um, you need to call a certain address, right? And the address needs to be secured. So that's basically what Fastly focuses on. Now, Cloudflare focuses more on the network traffic, right? So it's very, uh, I would say, horizontal, more generic than Fastly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it focuses on the enterprise wide security using that same network traffic um, layers which they actually handle. Yeah. So Fastly focuses on specific endpoints. So you'd say it's more niche um, and specific applications only, whereas Cloudflare goes for like a very horizontal approach. Okay, okay. So then, you know, from a from a development standpoint, where do you hope that Cloudflare can move forward towards? I hope they will still be around because they are free. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Okay, so I think I think we've built a case like essentially for Cloudflare. It's up for you to decide on your own. Any other final words for our audience tuning in today to just kind of understand this uh, interesting company? I think software moves at a very, very fast, like even breakneck speed. It's like you can just use Cloudflare for the first two or three months, right? And you can switch out to some other vendor or even build your own um, if, if it makes sense to uh, in the following quarter or so. So like really, uh, we might be a bit negative on, 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 on Cloudflare, but in if you're inside the space, you probably know why. There's a lot of different alternatives. You can build yourself really means that there is very, very... Um, very very little incentive to actually stay lah. yeah Mm-mm. why did we even pick this company <laughs> well, oh, yes 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 uh. it was <laughs> it's good timing because uh, Fastly outage happened uh, Cloudflare happens to be the, the closest competitor we can do Fastly also but it's going to be almost the same thing um, and there's also Akamai right uh, but Akamai is meant for more of like it's more niche yeah it might be a little yeah. bit too technical to understand yeah so very we started niche. with this one to try and mm. uh, have a grasp, right, about what's out there. Uh, might not be the best, but uh, yeah, just a very, very uh, intro into the software space. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I think that wraps up today. I think as we go along, we can definitely discuss a lot of other companies. So take mm. this uh, as the basics of understanding a little bit more about the technical software space uh, where a lot of people only um, use end-tier softwares. They only <laughs> interact with the, the final product, user software at the end. But actually, if you know, there are a lot of APIs at the back. There are a lot of uh, softwares that you don't see interacting between hardware and software, all the network in between, and a lot of complexity that comes along with it. Right? That's not mean they are the best business just because they are complicated. Yeah, In fact, maybe they are not very good businesses. So let's keep discussing and take care. Bye. Hey Coconut, so I hope you learned something useful today and definitely recognize that investing is a personal decision. We're not giving you any recommendations here, but I'm always happy to geek out with you about different interesting companies and trends for the future. This series has a lot more depth and terms, so if you have any questions for us, do join our community telegram group or DM us on our socials. Link is in the description.
If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. And to stay tuned with what is happening in the markets and in the TFC network, do sign up for our weekly newsletter at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, I hope you have a great day ahead and may you improve to become a confident, insightful and disciplined investor, ultimately creating the life you love while managing your finances well. See ya next week.